Well, and that emphasizes, you know, how important it is in these kind of time to own to have some capital. Absolutely. Right? This this is a time that cash is king, and um, I, I bet that you experienced that in twenty uh, two thousand eight and two thousand nine, right? What what uh, was the difference back between then, two thousand eight two thousand nine? I was well two thousand eight. <laughs> I was in the mortgage business, so I told you after, you know, after my stint with um, getting back into real estate, um, I got into the mortgage business somewhere around nineteen ninety six. Um. Yeah, 95, 96. So I rode the mortgage industry through the little crash we had in 99. Mm-hmm. Wasn't bad, but it was kind of bad. Uh, but in, but I didn't know why it was bad. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know. All I knew was what I knew. I just knew I wasn't getting any mortgages in my door. I didn't know what was yeah. going on in the world. Um, and then in 2008, 2009, 2008, that's when I had gone to volunteer for my friend that had 16,000 units of apartments. What I saw there from that level, we were trying to refinance two big portfolios, a couple of hundred million on one, 150 million on the other one. Barry Stearns went out, Lehman Brothers went out, and when those big entities started crumbling, um, that's when we knew it was bad. And so I was not in a situation where I had to worry, I personally had to worry about money then because I was already volunteering for a guy mm-hmm. and uh, he was taking care of me. So. But then after he died in 2009, we got to see what happened. And, uh, you know, the world was almost in a meltdown. And so personally, I had a job, but I was working and trying to save a portfolio of 16,000 units of apartments that were terribly, terribly maintained because of the previous two years of having to pull all the reserve funds to try to stave off margin calls that my friend had to go through. So his financing was tied to the 10-year treasury. The 10-year treasury was doing this. So mm-hmm. when he first financed that deal, they literally had no debt service payments because they were making money on off of the treasury. Right. And when that thing inverted and went the other way, now you got half a million to a million dollar margin calls. And so the only way they could do that was start pulling money from all the reserve funds, uh, the, the repair replacement reserve accounts to try to save the portfolio. Mm-hmm. By the end of the crash, the money was all gone and there was nothing left to save and the foundation was in bankruptcy. My friend was dead and we had to figure out what to do with it. So um, all the assets went away and me as a president at that point, after the bankruptcy was confirmed, I got fired. And I had an opportunity to go start all over one more time. And uh, (laughs) that's what I did. Yourself, yeah. Yeah, myself. Wow. I can't imagine how those challenges, you know. Wow, you, you know, you know when 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 you are put into a spot to you know the handle this business because your friends was you know unexpectedly gone. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the first thing that that crossed your mind, right? You what did you think you were ready or or, or what? I saw opportunity. The the. And let me tell you what I saw. I saw 16,000 units of apartments and I saw a whole lot of lenders that wanted some recovery. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew that because I've been in the mortgage business, I knew that, hey man, now's a time that we can cram down a number on the investors, meaning the lenders. Through a bankruptcy, we're in it. That's what it's for. Instead of $100 million worth of debt, 
this portfolio only supports X in value. And if you can substantiate that, that's what a Chapter 11 bankruptcy does, allow you to re-evaluate re and reset your debt, restructure. right? Mm -hmm. Restructure your debt based on current valuations. And so I saw the opportunity to be able to restructure all that debt and then roll that forward, put some capital back into those units. And those units, man, when they fire sold those units, the bankruptcy court fire sold those things for five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 a unit. These were properties that were 20 years old all around Dallas, all around Phoenix. Those mm -hmm. things have been resold so many times. These guys have made so much money, but that money could have stayed with the foundation. Yeah. I saw that. they The bankruptcy court, well, there was one creditor that was owed $5 million, and they wanted a trustee appointed so they could get their $5 million off the top, and that's all they wanted. And then the attorneys were on their side because then the attorneys got to stay in because there was about $24 million worth of life insurance funds that on top of the recovery from the properties that the attorneys said, man, there's $24 million here. We could chew all this shit up in fees. And that's exactly what happened. The bank got their $5 million, The rest of the money, there was very little recovery to the creditors. And um, and uh, those units got fire sold. Five, six, seven thousand dollars a unit. It was a travesty. And you're probably going to see a lot of that <laughs> coming. I mean, I just told you about that $480-some-million-dollar portfolio. What's going to happen? Somebody will step mm -hmm. in and buy it, but they're not going to pay what those other guys paid for it. Yeah, yeah. So people who are coming in right now with ca with cash to to buy those things are going to be a winner, right? So this, this, those this guys, time... People coming in with cash, yeah. But it's not just the cash, because you can't throw money at any problem and think that money is going to cure the problem. Okay. You have to have a plan. You have to have somebody that's experienced at knowing how to use the money. Because, again, throwing money at a problem doesn't necessarily cause a problem to go away. It just becomes an expensive problem. Right. Right. So, so, so in, in, in your opinion, people who are walking in to those opportunities this year, of course, you know, most audience, to, you know, right now, they're not going to be handling millions of dollars. There will be also a lot of opportunity in the smaller scale, probably, mm -hmm. right? And 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 when people are walking into those opportunities, what what like you you have just mentioned, right? Money is one, experience is one. Like, mm -hmm. what what are the things that they 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 need to look out, right? Because certainly courage is some you know something that 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 require for people to really step into those those properties, right? Right. I think Ben. Um... So this is this is what I've always done. You know, I've always I got a background in construction. So that gives me a lot of confidence where somebody may not have. I know what it costs to do a roof. I'm not afraid if I see a fire building. I'm not afraid if I see sewer back up around a property because I know the worst thing I can do is just have to tunnel under the building and replace the sewer pipe. But that's from my level of experience with construction. If I did not have that, I don't know how I would feel about walking into a situation that you don't know anything about, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important for people with money to partner with people that have experience, extensive experience, that have teams of people that can do this. And um, one of the things, and I can't wait to talk about what we're doing going forward, uh, because because it's just that, building out our teams um, 
to be able to, I don't want to say take advantage of the opportunities that are coming down the line, but what we're doing is really just streamlining our business to niche down on one or two products uh, to make us really, really successful. And awesome. uh, as a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, um, think about, you got a really nice white shirt. Um, how many people make white shirts? So if you're in the white shirt business, don't you want one that may be a little bit different? Mm-hmm. So you got to be a differentiator. How do you differentiate yourself from every other multifamily person in the country? Awesome. How do you Elvin, look different? Yeah. Elvin, that's that's a cut right here because that is the perfect topic that we're going to talk about in the next session. Um, so excuse me for a little interruption. No, that's good. Um, hey, give me one second. Somebody knocked on my door. Okay. So since you since we cut it, let me get that. So when when we come back, we'll talk about the future work, like what are the futures in our market and what can you do about it to face those um, opportunities and how are you going to deal with, you know, the challenges and whatnot. Is that your lunch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You're in no, Dallas, right? Yeah, this I, I, I this is about the time I eat anyway, so I'm good. Oh, okay. No, well, good. are you ready for the, yes, the last? Okay. All right, let's do it. So we'll come back. So today we're talking with uh, Elvin. He has shared tremendous, you know, experience and uh, challenges he has gone through, and he gave a lot of, you know, dark warning to people who are, you know, either in the market or are trying to build up their portfolio right now, right? So in, in this session, we want to talk about what are the futures, right? I mean, because, you know, in, in, in any case, you know, in any tunnel, there's always the end of it. And let's, let's talk about, you know, the, 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 the upcoming hope and, you know, uh, the, the future work that Elvin is seeing and is doing. Evan, what do you think? Um, you were saying that you know um, um, changes to your business, to and and basically improvement on your team to really capture those opportunities, are, are going to be your focus. Yes, and before the business, Ben, one of the things that I have been focused on is more personal. So, okay. I talked to a bona fide billionaire that told me that. And different different billionaires have different perspectives. I've talked to a couple of them. This particular guy told me that they're on a life-work balance. Not work-life balance, life-work balance. <laughs> Where they only work three days a week, but they go hard for three days. And everybody in their office only works three days a week. On one of those days, they require them to provide service. Required, every employee required to volunteer one day a week, somewhere, anywhere, as a way of give back. So I heard that and, and I just took a note. And then I got to a place where I, somebody asked me, or I, or I was talking to one of my mentors and we were talking about doing what makes us more efficient? 
and I'm most efficient doing things that I like to do, that I'm good at, and I'm least efficient at things that I don't like to do. And I believe mm-hmm. that probably holds true with just about everybody. Yeah. So why don't we get people on our team that do what they like to do mm-hmm. only and everything else we outsource. So now I've got a, a team of corporate executives of six. And all we focus on are our strengths. Don't look at no weaknesses. All I do is what I like to do. And I'm good at it. And so now we're starting to outsource everything. And what it has allowed us to do, Ben, is simplicity for me is the new form of freedom. Man, if I can't write my business plan on the back of a napkin for my apartments, it probably won't work. Simplicity. So getting down to simple, one more, one more analogy. Most people say, oh, I want to fly. I can't wait to take off. But as you're running down the runway, instead of kicking stuff off the plane, you're putting stuff on, <laughs> putting more people on, putting more habits on, putting more bad, bad things on. Mm-hmm. So really, by the time you get to the runway, you're barely taking off, if at all. Too heavy. Too heavy. Mm-hmm. We're kicking stuff off. We're, we're shedding... We're shedding things we don't want to do. We're shedding um, tasks. We're shedding uh, ideas unless it's around the one thing that we're good at. So we're niched down on each individually and then as a company. And what are we good at? And so we've defined our best business model for what we're doing in the housing industry as development, where we can develop at a cost We can create our own value by leasing the units. And I'm not going behind somebody buying a problem that they had and trying to correct it and building value. And it's like, why? Why would I pay you $140,000 for a 30-year-old asset per unit, have to spend $15,000 or $20,000 on it, now I'm up to 160, 170 per door, and I don't even know what's going on with the pipes. I can have True. an inspection done, but AC units 15 years old. Why would I do that when I can build one for 175,000 a unit, brand new? Don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And even if it's 200,000 a door, 140 plus rehab at 165 or 200 new. My maintenance cost on that new thing is going to be 50% minimum less than what you're spending on that old property. So if mm-hmm. I can build it for 40 and have a $60 million value at completion and then $70 million at stabilization, why wouldn't I do that? And so then, how do we make this safe investments? Because everybody's worried about construction costs. I just talked about interest rate. No, we just talked about a couple of failed deals. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, we are a housing organization and we're focused on workforce housing. Workforce housing means I got a job and I need a house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not necessarily talking about, um, well, we're, we're workforce housing. It's affordable mm-hmm. workforce housing. We're focused on areas that have an area median income greater than $70,000. 
Why is that? With our workforce housing deals, greater than $70,000 a year, we have our properties will be set up to provide housing for 50% of the units, 200 units, 50% of them need to be set aside for people that make 80% of the area median income. Area median income, 80,000, 50% of those units will be set aside for people that make $64,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So it's workforce housing, $60,000 a year, pretty, still pretty decent salary. I mean, that's probably more than 50% of the population of the country. Mm -hmm. But at 64000 if they use the calculation that most people use of three times, I can pay, you know, three times my, my salary in rent, they can pay $20,000 a year in rent, which equates to, you know, dollars $1,700 a month. That affords mm -hmm. us the opportunity to build a very nice apartment complex when they can pay $1,500 a month rent. So we've niched down on a particular avatar, a particular model, and now because we're a housing organization and we're providing workforce housing, we have the capacity to do this is, this is brilliant. And I've been looking for a differentiator. And I've been syndicating and raising money and, and our, our investors have been doing really good. So now in a climate like this, how do you have an investment that is safe? Mm. <laughs> especially around development. So we've got a contractor that we've hired, and we'll probably have a couple of these, but the one that we've hired now, been in business 75 years. They do about $300 million a year in multifamily and senior care facilities, so they're very versed in what we're doing. Uh, they've got a great balance sheet, so I'm not worried about them going out of business. They can provide two things for us that have become necessary. They can give a, a max price guarantee. Okay, that's great. And the second thing they can do is they can provide a performance bond that assures us that this building will be complete. What is a max price guarantee? Meaning that this thing's going to cost you $40 million and no more. Okay. Basically, the cap. Cap. So, and if it comes in less than that, we've got some negotiation points for some savings. Mm -hmm. But max price guarantee with a performance bond assures me that this building will be built. So now, because we are raising funds and equity investors, we have a situation now where the IRS allows partners to partner with us to build these types of workforce housing units where 100% of the gains from our investors is exempt from taxes. So you pay no tax on the money that you make in our investments. Mm -hmm. Tax-free money. Tax-free money. So now I've got a tax-free model for you to invest in. I've got, and it's all based around a contractor that gave us a max price guarantee and a performance bond for completion. That's a pretty mm -hmm. safe investment. Right. So that's the differentiator of putting together an investment vehicle with guarantees and... Um, protection, insurance, the performance mm -hmm. bond, and you can make your money tax exempt. Right. That's and pretty, that's the, pretty dope. And at the same time, you guys have done the marketing study, Absolutely. right? So, so, you know, basically you will be able to get your ten, ten, uh, you know, tenants and whatnot. 
Right. Those well, are basic. even further than that. So what this requires is this requires us to have a a bond issued for this development. The the issuers of the bond, a lot they do all the underwriting. So yep, we've got market studies, we've got appraisals, we've got everything to show that this is really in need, and we're feeling the need, and that we will get the tenants. You know, as much as as much as anybody can predict with data. But yes, and then by having a performance bond and et cetera, just ensure that so we can fund 25% of our deals with this type of equity or 100% of our deals with this type of equity. What happens at stabilization of the asset, the bonds are sold, the investors are recapped all of their funds, they get distribution payments for, uh, every, it's biannually or semi-annually, twice a year, biannually, twice mm -hmm. a year, every six months. Um, through the stabilization period. Typically, this will be three to five years. So we've got two-year construction time, uh, one-year lease up. So I'm telling people three years to five years, mm -hmm. probably will be maxed out about three. Awesome, but awesome. They can stay in it five years and keep getting tax-free money. But yeah. what will happen is we, as soon as the property stabilizes, that $40 million construction, $60 million value, turns into 70 million at stabilization. So we go sell those bonds for the top end and that's how we're able to capitalize everybody back mm -hmm. and, and et cetera. So, so that's, so, so that's basically our business model. Awesome. And so basically you're building new construction and and your business model is always, you know, when it gets stabilized, you will get, you're just going to sell it, right? Are there any oh, portfolio? We're selling the bonds. We're not selling the asset. So we're getting bonds oh. issued. For construction wow. and stable, we're getting bonds issued for debt. So the bond, the money from our investors is already backed by the bonds that have already been issued. They're just not sold until the property stabilizes. Wow, this is this is just like this is like like um, <laughs> this is like like, like stock market, right? This wow. is fantastic, Elvin. I, I I do want to be respectful to your time, and how I mean if 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 anybody listening right now and you don't see that you are gaining value there that you probably should listen to it again and again if you still don't still don't don't get don't get it right so um how, for, for people who are listening in how can they invest in your in your uh, deals are, are you open to investor we are we uh we have a debt fund set up that our uh, attorneys have put together uh so really all they need to do is contact me at hope housing foundation uh, my email is alvin at hope housing foundation uh no alvin at 372hope.org or just go go to hopehousingfoundation.org hopehousingfoundation.org uh we've got a portal there uh we we've got several deals listed there we've got our couple of decks there and uh, that's perfect. the easiest way to reach me yeah. perfect and if people want to find you on social media basically your name right just search your name yeah right alvin hope johnson awesome Awesome. Elvin, I really appreciate your, your time today and you have been, you know, putting in so valuable content to us. Um, thanks. Thanks again for, for coming to us. Thank you, sir. Thank you.